0: All right, man. So, uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. What is psychedelic actualization all about?
1: So psychedelic actualization, the YouTube channel started as a documentation of re- me realizing my life purpose. And my life purpose is to lead people to the realization of infinite love and infinite self-understanding by the embodiment and demonstration of infinite love and infinite self-understanding in my own life. And I do that through my ability to bring back and communicate insights about truth and love from my own psychedelic experiences to educate people about and guide people through their own psychedelic journeys. So uh, the, it's basically the demonstration of God's love and the power of psychedelics for self actualization. Uh, and I help people also to integrate um, those experiences and their insights as well. Mm.
0: That's pretty powerful stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty fulfilling stuff as well yeah man. and now it kind of uh became a, a change from a part of documenting my life purpose into a part of my life purpose so that's also kind of nice mm.
0: yeah man did uh did the psychedelic experience show you that your life purpose is to show people the psychedelic experience <laughs> in the beauty of
1: it yeah and I, and I think many people feel the same way like when they have their first psychedelic experiences, they come into it. They're like, wow, this is so beautiful. This is so meaningful. I want to share it with the world. And now after a few years of actually trying to embody this, uh, and realize this vision. Um, I realized like, oh, wow, it's, it's, uh, like that naivete is gone. It's actually a uh, pretty serious work. And, uh, it's like, it's a lot of work and the journey goes very deep and it's, um, way way harder than i realized uh and it goes way deeper than i realized at the beginning mm. and i and i think like a lot of psychedelic practitioners out there or people who want to participate in this work uh do not realize how how actually how deep it goes and how how much work is involved in actually getting to those deeper layers of those of yourself and of truth and of reality yeah, man. uh and yeah i'm, I'm working on it mm-hmm. Yeah. But definitely, was a part of that.
0: Mm. Yeah, a lot of courage as well, especially since mm. you do a lot of it alone. A lot of people, they get turned off by the experience just for, um, well, ignorance. We don't know any better. They don't really know what it's about. And because of that it leads to just a great sense of fear. And the fact that mm. you, uh, you do it alone, and you showcase it, and you, you showcase that it's safe. You know, mm-hmm. you show the world that it's not really, <clears throat> Quite, uh, what it's, what it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: What it's perceived that, yeah, sometimes
0: perceived as or has been mm-hmm. from the drug war for the years of the drug mm-hmm. war. Um, you know, you show that it's kind of a uh, an experience that is just, um, yeah, it, it's it's a lot inside, but it's not like dangerous per se. Mm-hmm. If you do it in a correct and responsible manner, like you do, show mm-hmm. it's, um, it's safe
1: yeah it's it's generally speaking i would say it's safe but then also um it's like both perspectives there's some people who have this perspective of oh it could be dangerous because of all these um narrative of the drug war and those substances are bad or dangerous but also nowadays um we see this psychedelic hype everywhere and everybody is kind of getting onto the train of of uh, praising psychedelics and their benefits for healing, for therapy, for whatever. I've been visiting some psychedelic conferences uh, in the last month, for example. Uh, and I also see kind of a danger there because it's, um, it's like only putting the focus on this, it's safe and positive, and you are only going to get a benefit out of this, yeah. is I think also kind of dangerous because the deeper I've been working with those substances as well is like, it's if you're serious about this work and you go very deep, especially into the higher dosages, also alone, it's, uh, it can get pretty, pretty confusing. And, and like it takes some skill to navigate those spaces and to actually let go of that fear. You know?
0: mm. <clears throat> yeah, man. So how would you describe, if you can even try to describe the beauty and the magnificence of a psychedelic experience to somebody that has no clue, they have no idea, they're still stuck in the paradigm of the drug war, how would you describe why it's so powerful?
1: Hmm. That's a good question.
0: <laughs> it's a tough one.
1: It's a tough one. <laughs> so. Um... What the psychedelic experience does for me and for many people is it opens yourself up to new layers of perception of things that are there, but that you haven't recognized before. And it brings an intensity to your present personal experience and your perception of reality and through this intensity, you could recognize some things, for example, the mystery and the beauty in this mystery or the beauty in specific items or objects or or just like the world around you. Or also internal stuff like your emotions. You actually, it opens you up to, to a space where you can actually feel and process your emotions, maybe emotions that you have um, suppressed before and that you didn't allow to work through your whole system before and yeah i'd say that's that's one part of it
0: opens the mind
1: opens (laughs) the mind yeah (laughs) actually it's it's really funny i've been to this conference and this one guy was talking about the term psychedelic Mm -hmm. and it means uh mind revealing or mind manifesting and he's like it's the wrong word it's mind annihilating (laughs) (laughs) because hmm. because sometimes it is well it def- depends on how we define mind if we define mind as the greater mind with a capital m and the all-encompassing one it's it's mind revealing but uh, actually it, it reduces certain aspects of our day-to-day mind perception yeah of our ego mind kind of mm-hmm.
0: yeah i know what you mean in that way so it actually like yeah it annihilates the part of the mind almost like the rational part of the mind like the the thinking mind in a way as in um yeah i don't know if it it annihilates it 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 (laughs) makes it it just changes it it's Mm -hmm. hard to explain it really is truly hard to explain but i know what that guy was getting at Mm -hmm. maybe it just destroys like the old paradigms it destroys the boundaries as Terence McKenna would say it it just gets mm-hmm. you through your old habits and your old rituals and allows you to see the world in new so it mm-hmm. maybe destroys the old mind eventually it leads to a sense of a, a new mind
1: <laughs> i don't know. and also it's it's dependent on each individual and it's dependent on each experience and maybe even each substance so there's a lot of mm, Broaden experience, like there's a lot of potential for experience. For example, when you take 100 mics of LSD, which is kind of a low to medium dose, it it enhances even some parts of the mind and the ego mind, which you can work in those realms on different topics. But when you go into, for example, a full breakthrough session with 5-MeO DMT, it just annihilates everything into nothingness. So... It's, it's there's a, a wide range of experience just as life is a wide range of experiences that we can have uh yeah. as is a psychedelic experience
0: mm-hmm. yeah man they're kind of a miracle it's quite beautiful that we do have these things so we can get out of the you know the box that we've built or has been built for us and see outside the confines of um just the the world that we live in you know the 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 kind of darkness and chaos of the world and it shows us a new way and a new light to see ourselves it's it's, it's definitely a miracle I was thinking about mm-hmm. that the other day like if we didn't a life without psychedelic substances what would it be like it would be something like 1984esque because we wouldn't have the ability to just see outside like the the, the little and there's a lot of people that are actually caught in this paradigm right now they can't see mm-hmm. outside you know the little box of their life and it's um it's quite harrowing to think about but luckily we have these and a lot of these things are organic too um Mm -hmm. not all of them but a lot of most of the molecules are organic in one way or the other some of them have to be synthesized in a certain way but they're still like they're still for the most part natural and i think that's what also is part of the miracle is that these things Mm -hmm. a lot of them you don't have to do much you just kind of have to eat it and somehow it shows you god (laughs) it's pretty powerful stuff man
1: yeah right it shows you the music uh, miracle it kind of reveals the the miracle of life
0: yeah Yeah. in in
1: such a powerful intense and direct way that's what's so beautiful about them because i think you can get to those realizations and those insights and through this into this state of being in awe through other practices But it's it takes a lot of practice on the path of yoga, on the path of, I don't know. You do meditation retreats, darkness retreats. You do some kind of extreme, more extreme practices, intense breath work, can get you to similar places. But the psychedelic is so so like it' easy to access, right? It's yeah, you go outside, pick a mushroom, and there it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, yeah, man, it's so efficient. That's for sure. But I also think doing the yoga meditation and whatever else is um, important as well at the same time i think a true Mm -hmm. yogi actually knows how to it's like balancing between i guess you could say the holistic path of yoga meditation qigong cold exposure whatever it is to integrate the psychedelic experiences you know Mm -hmm. it's like um they they don't they don't battle each other like there's not Mm -hmm. like a a lot of people there's a lot of people that i speak to that are just psychedelic people and they shun the idea of chakras and yoga and sanskrit and energetic work or there's a lot of people i speak to that are just into the the yoga and the you know the mindfulness path Mm. me i'm into both and i think you're into both too and you can see Mm -hmm. how they they coalesce and they work with each other i feel like finding somebody like that is very rare to me yeah uh, I don't know i think that's a true shaman though someone that knows how to use the medicine but also have the the holistic energetic aspect to themselves that's like that's truly somebody who is an alchemist in their being i believe
1: right i think so as well it's it's definitely like i've met a lot of people who are just into psychedelics and psychedelics are not gonna do it (laughs) just psychedelics alone uh, they can maybe still give you an experience of god but to have this framework and the understanding and the philosophy and the metaphysics behind it brings you to a deeper integration of that state and those realizations yeah uh, yeah definitely for sure it's it's a big part and i think even like the main the main thing i got into psychedelics was it well first of all curiosity but the main thing be- why i'm continuing to journey deeper is the desire to integrate this state of of love and of god yeah. uh, into into my being more
0: yeah that's the biggest thing I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah right I mean, yeah man that, and like you said you just it allows you to experience god but i think there's more to god if this even makes sense <laughs> there's more to god than just simply getting the light bulb moment in the experience mm-hmm. right it's kind of like uh, I don't know how to say it. Well, I was going to say you become god, but that just sounds way too grandiose. But it's like you become more godlike in your lifestyle, I guess. Mm-hmm. You become more of um just uh, I don't know how to explain it, man. Yeah, like so let me back up a little bit. Before I had any kind of psychedelic experience, god wasn't in my vocabulary. If somebody brought that to me, I'd be like, "Get just that doesn't make any sense, man. Get that out of here." I would always say like you can't show me show me the proof of god show me somehow somebody show me and obviously nobody showed me proof because it's not that easy you can't just like you know you can't just read a book or you can't just like see something or somebody say something it's really not that easy um but then i got into high dose magic mushroom trips and that was kind of the proof for me it was mm. some kind of direct experience that allowed me to I don't know feel God just like feel the love man I don't know how else to explain it just this overwhelming love in the moment and coming out of that experience it led me anew like you I couldn't just like shoo that away there's there wasn't anything where there wasn't any way where I could just be like nope that didn't happen that there mm-hmm. was no way so I got the experience yes and but there was something like you said i needed to integrate like there was something i needed to change about my life from that like just Mm -hmm. simply getting that that glimpse wasn't quite enough Mm -hmm. so becoming i don't know more godlike like i said is just like i don't know how to explain it man like do you would you know how to explain that like what integrating Mm. the experience is all about like why would you if you already know that god exists in a way why chase it (laughs) you know Mm -hmm.
1: yeah (laughs) um it's interesting because it's also so it's so simple but so complex in a way yeah because god i would equal god with infinity as well and like this infinite it's the integration process for me is like to embrace God more and more and when God is all that is and all that is is God it's a process of embracing all that is on deeper and deeper levels and also on a moment-to-moment basis so right now and right now and right now (laughs) and it's like it just continues and then you slip out of that awareness but to to actually get present again and embrace all of God and this is what psychedelics i'm at this point where i'm kind of getting more afraid of them which is kind of weird but uh, it, weird feeling for me but uh because they show me more facets of god mm. and some of those facets are not just love and light uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, some of those facets are really dark and nasty and confusing and and it can get w- really weird and scary mm. and then to to have the courage and the trust to surrender into that and embrace that also as part of the infinity and kind of get into the perception or embody this infinite love of God for everything that is. That's like the process. A yeah, that's what's all about. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's like we get distracted. It's like even though you get the the glimpse and you, you get the light bulb moment of God our monkey minds just get the best of us and they get in the way it seems, especially living in uh, the Western world. So it seems like the integration process is just like a a giant remembrance process, like a giant reminder Mm -hmm. for us Mm -hmm. to, yes, become present and truly present and in the moment. And it's way easier said than done. And obviously we've all heard it before, be in the moment. But to truly be here right now in the moment is yes, really all one needs to experience God because it it is here and now is God in a way. Like if you could truly mm-hmm. embody that right here, right now, no strings attached, not trying to be there, think about the past, have any kind of conditionality of changing something about the experience, then yes, you're truly embracing God Like I said, easier said than done, because sometimes it gets dark and it gets messy and it gets scary. How do you embrace that? But yeah, truly, I guess the goal, if there is some kind of goal to this human experience, I see it as being able to be present with whatever comes up, no matter what. Easier said than done, like I said, but I think that is in a way a path or the path Deep it is the path, I think, to be able to be here and now. and once you're here and now, you could say that you are more godlike in a way. you mm-hmm. you're not God but you're with God, maybe you could say or you're connected to God. and that sounds so lofty, but mm-hmm. I feel like once you get that glimpse, once you get that experience, man, there's no other way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't feel like there's any other way to live my life, you know, like I can't, uh, there's no higher pursuit, I guess one could say, Um, but it's not really quite a pursuit, you know, it's like I'm not trying to get anywhere or do anything. It's actually quite the opposite. It's quite, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, um, almost like a renunciation. It's the opposite of pursuit. It's like, what do I need to give up in order to be here? in order to Mm. let go of the conditions of how i should live my life what do i not need to do in a way you know Mm -hmm. it's interesting
1: yeah i would say even uh, the desire for god is a good desire
0: (laughs) yeah right i guess we're gonna (laughs) desire
1: something (laughs) (laughs) yeah right (laughs) and there's no way back it's like once you oh yeah. yeah i felt the same way it's like once i i got that realization it's like wow this this basically there's nothing else to do (laughs) (laughs) how could there be man oh oh, man it's so
0: powerful now did you have any inclination toward spirituality uh, any kind of religious beliefs before the psychedelic experience
1: Mm, so i was raised christian as a child Mm -hmm. and kind of went with it but didn't really connect with it and then I got, when I was like 14 or 15, I got into philosophy, read a lot of philosophy. And then I got into nihilism and existentialism, like everything is meaningless, but in this kind of negative, depressive way. Yeah. And then I realized all of those kind of philosophers are depressed, so I don't want to be depressed anymore.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: And um, then I d- discovered Zen Buddhism at the same time as I discovered LSD Mm. and it was like i read about zen buddhism and that kind of resonated a lot because it was so direct so clear so without any any addition without any form to it yeah and then at the same time the lse experience kind of opened me up to these uh realizations and that was kind of the start of this uh understanding and then also like the first kind of teachers I listened to through YouTube I, I got into this kind of stuff um through Ellen Watts through Terence McKenna which was mm-hmm. kind of the psychedelic side Ellen Watts also a bit psychedelic a bit Taoism and and Zen Buddhism and then Ram Das which was a little bit of Hinduism and and also psychedelics yeah. so this kind of was the start of of this journey and now it just continues to to broaden to Really be interested and curious about all kinds of different traditions and the deeper meanings uh, behind the practices they do.
0: Mm. Was there one experience for you? Was it the first time that you ever tried a psychedelic, or did it have to you know take a few times? Or was it a specific um, a specific molecule, a specific chemical that really did it for you?
1: Mm, I wouldn't say there was one. Not not really, but. Yeah, the first experiences opened opened me up quite a lot. For example, my first ayahuasca experience, uh, where the main lesson was, it, it kind of showed me true self-love. For the first time, I experienced what it means to truly love myself and mm-hmm. myself, not just myself, this body, but myself as all that is um, yeah. for the first time. That was really remarkable. Yeah. My first 5-MeO-DMT experience was um, also at the same retreat. Uh, I didn't understand it at the time, but it, uh, it was a full emptying of all experience. So there was no experience at all, which is now looking back on it also really remarkable to (laughs) not have an experience, but really be nothingness, Mm -hmm. not even experience the nothingness, but actually like go beyond everything into into the this true nothingness and from this true nothingness i've heard a nice uh, description of it nothingness is just not just nothing but nothingness is uh infinite potential and out of this infinite potential we have everything basically
0: wow yeah that sounds like god that sounds like Purusha right there mm-hmm. man i've never done five meo so i wouldn't be able to speak to it and i don't think from what i understand it's hard to speak to anyway. <laughs> <even if you laughs> but uh yeah, what you just described sounds like the uh, classic yogic adage, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Brahmin experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and like integrating that, it's like, first I thought it's like, okay, there's no way the spiritual path can get me to this kind of experience because it's so, it's so powerful. <laughs> it's like when I do meditate, I am not even getting close to that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But um, also like developing this appreciation for the practice of the spiritual path, of developing first of all this understanding and then practicing it and practicing it and practicing it. And there was this uh, one quote, a Dakota of Earth, posted on his uh, YouTube community tab. He was giving five meo to Sadhus. And they were kind of not impressed. And a quote from them was um, sadhu means sapo always. So basically sadu means five M E O DMT always.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: And and like getting to this kind of level of presence and realization, that's that's powerful. That's it. And and the spiritual path is so interesting, right? Because we're both quite young, we kind of—I feel like I'm at the beginning of this journey, even though I've kind of journeyed so far. Mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of a paradox. <laughs> but uh, I meet many people on the path who are like, "This is it. Like this life is it." And I feel like, yeah, this life, this life is it. This is this is gonna get me to to fuller liberation, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, I'm how how likely is... is that? <laughs> oh,
0: so you're saying we have multiple lives
1: i don't know i don't i truly don't know but um i mean the concept and this kind of hinduistic uh, hinduism philosophy kind of makes sense to me but i'm yeah. i'm not like 100 percent sure i haven't experienced it but when i was reading for example mr beige and lsd and the mind of the universe one of my favorite books he talks about um over 40 high dose LSD sessions he has done mm-hmm. like 6 700 micrograms basically just journeying deeper and deeper and deeper into god wow. and the conclusion of this book really made me think and really st- struck in my heart he was like after having all these experiences and he described it beautifully going deeper and deeper into god and wow having these realizations going deeper into infinity he was like he had to stop his sessions because he was like i he couldn't bear it any longer not to be with god mm. all the time so he was like better never enter again um than to to experience god and come back oh. and he and, and he came to his conclusion was um it's not this life he's not going to be with all his practices he's not going to be able to attain this state fully like this full full enlightenment, and it's it's interesting this thought and this uh, internal desire in a lot of spiritual thinkers to to actually accomplish it. Now it's like basically it is simple. Basically it is now. Basically, you do have, have it right here, right now. And and many people we access this state over and over and over again. But yeah, it's it's interesting to think about like how, what what does it mean to fully, fully be liberated. Is there even such a thing? I ask myself sometimes because for me, it's maybe it's not even about the liberation, but at the moment, at this moment in my life, from my current understanding, it's about enjoyment. So it's not like this pleasure, but the deep appreciation and enjoyment of every step of the process of working towards the enlightenment. I think this is even like... More higher on my priority list than the enlightenment itself, because what, like what, what, <laughs> why work towards
0: enlightenment if I don't yeah. enjoy the process? Exactly. Yeah, that's counterintuitive. <laughs> it can be another trap in itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I could see like the whole idea of spirituality and maybe there's multiple lives and we build up karma and the you know the stories that we build around that. That. Could just be another trap and that actually could just build up karma for yourself so yeah it's this weird mind game that we have to play and it's like regard the stories of hinduism or the guy taking 40 lsd trips and going in regard those highly if you do feel those as truth in your being but at the end of the day it doesn't matter this is mm-hmm. it i treat this as yes this might be the only life and we're going to be reincarnated. It's, you know, it's exactly. Like it's both. both. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's both. embracing enter- eternity in time. It's it's kind of like Embrace the yeah, em- embracing. Yeah, embracing the, the mystery, embracing the the paradox, and yeah. also a, an important point I think as well. What you said is reclaiming your authority to realizing truth for yourself. Yeah. Do not take any word of anybody like yeah be open to it as you said embrace it learn from it contemplate it for yourself but actually like get to the realizations yourself Mm. and and be don't be afraid to disagree with certain traditions or teachings or teachers um when you don't feel the resonance within your own being
0: yeah seriously yeah and also don't be afraid to be wrong too i think that's uh mm-hmm. something that, that i hold in high regard as well um i'm always i wake up every day and i'm like i have no idea what's going on i have no idea who i am um so anytime i try to think that i know what's going on or i have an idea of the universe and my being and my place in it ah uh, I get caught in that sometimes, but then uh, at other times I'm like, wow, Gary, you're so silly to even think like that. You, mm-hmm. I, we honestly have no idea what's going on, man. The only thing that I know as truth, seriously, you going to sound corny. But I'm going to say it is love. That's it. <laughs> like anything that mm-hmm. I, like any idea, any right. concept of the universe and reincarnation and karma and the gods and all these concepts we build up. Those are great. Those are great, like I said, I don't, regard them too highly i don't disregard them i they're, they're great ideas but when it comes down to it man the only thing i truly know for sure is love that's it mm-hmm. so like anytime i try to have these grandiose ideas of figuring it all out um i don't know man it's 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 futile at the end of the day just come back to love really mm-hmm. just keep i try to keep it simple man i i try to keep it simple in my being to just be like all right well I don't know what the heck's going on, but I know that love is true. So just stay on that. <laughs> that's
1: stay that's on that good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Like, uh, yeah, I think Terence McKenna said, "It's like nobody knows what's going on." Truly, man, nobody has any
0: idea what's going on.
1: And when uh, I do love. come to the point, yeah, love, <laughs> it's love. <laughs> when I do come to the point of where I think I I know if what's going on, I take a psychedelic and then. That is
0: gone. (laughs) Yeah, right, man. I feel like they only show us more of the mystery. They only open up um, myself, my previous experiences. They've only opened me up to more questions. You know, Mm -hmm. they give me some answers, maybe love. Love might be, they show us that love is the answer. But at the end of the day, they only open me up to the grand mystery that we're in, even more so. Hmm. yeah but i i uh i don't i feel like somebody could regard that as like why would i want to do that um well i can understand that point of view but Mm -hmm. i think it's good to open oneself up to the mystery that we're in so we can i think we talked about this at the beginning so we can get ourselves out of that little box that we built up you know the uh the old paradigms the paradigm of the ego pretty much and break yourself out of that and see the magnificence of the moment that we truly are in i think that's really what it's about man and then once you do break the box um per se i don't think you really need to do it again to be honest um it's great if you do that's great if you do in a responsible manner but i i'm pretty sure you've heard this before once you get the message hang up the phone i think alan Mm. Watts said that i think once you get the message of the grand mystery you truly don't need psychedelics anymore man and I mean i think it's cool that we have pioneers and courageous people like you to go through and show us these um amazing experiences but for me personally uh i got the message of this grand mystery and i don't feel as though maybe i'm like i said, we're, we're still young so i might need to i might change my mind but i don't feel as though i need to do it again man like i know that mm-hmm. we live in this grand calamity uh, of eternity and infinity and it just keeps going and there's just like there's a lot there's a lot of energy going on man i just and i i know that i recognize that and it's like i don't feel as though i need to experience it again i don't know it's like once you know that it's a mystery i just don't feel like i need to have the mystery again i don't know what would you say to that like what would you, <laughs> do you interesting
1: Interesting point.
0: So I've never tried 5-MeO-DMT. Would you say, would you recommend it before I die?
1: (laughs) I would say if you feel like it, yes. Mm -hmm. If you do not feel like that is an experience you want to invite into your life at the moment, then Mm -hmm. that is perfectly fine. Because life itself is psychedelic. As you said, it's... It's There's a lot going on. And also to the point of, does everybody has have to break out of the box? Not necessarily. And it's, again, about Mm. this balance and about where you're at in your journey. Because for some people, I guess, a cyclical experience would just disrupt their life even further, bring more confusion into their lives. I would say, first of all, build a nice box for yourself. Where you're, where you're grounded and where you're kind of have a good understanding of kind of what's happening in your life, and a foundation, and a foundation. You take yeah. care of your survival, maybe a little bit, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, and end of your mental health, even, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to, and then go and uh, break the box. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, I think Jamie Wheel, I don't know if you know uh, his work, but he, so, he yeah. said. In one talk, uh, there's a certain percentage of people who should not try psychedelics, like not even once in their life. It's just not on their path. It's just not for them. Personally, like I, I couldn't possibly understand it from my point of view. But I do think that as well, that people that that's just some people for whom it's not the case. And then there's a majority of people, maybe like yourself, who. Find value in having a few psychedelic experiences, like and and keeping them as in their heart, integrating them even further and further and further. Because you can integrate such an experience years after you've had such an experience, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like some of these big events, like marriage or having a kid, and it's just like and psychedelic Mm experiences. Just have a few of those and and work on those. And that's he said, like that's the majority of people, and then there's a tiny percentage of people who are like myself, maybe, I'm just, I I just haven't found anything that I'm more passionate about than exploring different states of consciousness, which are sometimes not even related to spirituality. I mean, everything is related to spirituality in a sense, but some of those um, experiences do not relate to my spiritual practice uh, very much. Um, But I'm so passionate about exploring them that I just continue to to get on the phone and, and <laughs> receive some more messages it always, rings. <laughs> it always rings it's always it's always there the communication doesn't stop yeah.
0: well, that's good man it's good that we do have uh just variations of people yeah it's true you know we it's 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 good our differences are beautiful it's good that we have that and it's great that we have people like you that are the explorers of this uh And that go into these depths of the mind and come back and try to convey it to others and show others uh the way and the path to do it responsibly so Mm uh yeah man i applaud you i applaud your efforts
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a nuanced taste i talked to somebody i was uh, talking to him and he's like one of the most he's tried over 100 or 200 different psychedelic substances which is kind of crazy yeah that's like one of the pioneers in the field And I asked him, what is his favorite psychedelic? And he said, uh, Salvia Divinorum, um, Mm. which is kind of this, uh, it's basically one of the most potent psychedelics out there and one of the weirdest ones, works on different receptors in the brain than the typical psychedelics. And usually often it brings about this really weird experience of people talk, say that they become objects or there's this really weird distortion of reality some people even get PTSD from this kind of experience. Um, and he was like, yeah, Safad, uh, uh, Salvia. And I was like, why Salvia? <laughs> I've tried it once and I haven't got myself to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, do you know that some people, they just enjoy horror movies and they, <laughs> they just seek out the worst horror movies that ever exist. Wow. It's like, Salvia is a, the worst horror movie you can imagine times a million. And I fucking love that. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, I've read experiences
0: on Salvia and I've seen videos too. And it seems like, oh, sorry, why, why would I want to do that, man? But yeah, then I've read other experiences of people and they say it's it was the greatest experience they've ever had. So yeah, I think right. it's just because of the differences in our brain chemistry, the differences in what we like. And yeah, some people just like the horror movies, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I find it interesting that um, some people that try psychedelics, they don't it doesn't affect them in ways that it affects, I guess, us. And that sounds like so egotistical to say, I recognize that it does. But some people, they get the message. Some people, the phone never rings, I guess you could say, or like they they never even think to pick up the phone to get a message. It's more so just like a um, a recreational experience, I guess you could say, where they're using it to get high, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. when others,
0: they get experience of god from it Mm -hmm. you know it's quite peculiar to me like uh ramdas he credits a lot of his um insight from magic mushrooms i feel like the ramdas that we all know and love wouldn't have been ramdas if it wasn't for magic mushrooms right but not everybody that takes magic mushrooms becomes a (laughs) ramdas we would have millions of ramdas if uh magic mushrooms were that powerful so it's just peculiar to me how it's like it it affects certain individuals so so greatly and then others yeah they have this this experience of colors and maybe some hallucinations and they feel some type of way but it doesn't click you know it doesn't like the, the key doesn't fit into the keyhole Quite as well as it would for somebody mm. like Ron or Alan Watts or insert mm-hmm. name here. It's quite peculiar to me how some of these things are just like meant to be for others. And then for some, it's just like it's just another drug experience. It's interesting.
1: I would say mm, for those kind of people, the potential to have this kind of experience and the realizations and insights, maybe that we are having in our experiences, is there. So maybe it's I think it's a matter of understanding and a matter of intention maybe also Mm -hmm. because I think the potential to go into this kind of experience is there. That's usually what a lot of bad trip reports are about. It's like they wanted to take it recreationally but slipped into the abyss and freaked out Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they were not prepared. They were not expecting to to have this kind of experience. Uh, So the potential is there. And I would say if they... If those kind of people maybe get out of the recreational setting and do it responsibly and take enough, take a lot more than they usually do, they are going to have an experience (laughs) for sure. And about the understanding, Terence McKenna said, (laughs) psychedelics don't work on stupid people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and what he meant basically was, um, I think he meant they don't have the, they don't, realize the implications of this experience yeah so they're like oh they they regard it as a hallucination that's like oh that's just bright colors and some weird entities that's just a hallucination and they have this attitude but for us it's just like what even is a hallucination it's part of my perception it's right. part of my current <laughs> level of experience like, what is reality even like yeah, yeah. and then having this switch of perspective all of a sudden changes the, the whole experience and your understanding of the experience and reality itself
0: yeah i agree man i would say it's a lot more than just the chemical induction it's how we approach it it's almost make it as like a ceremony
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: set and setting mm-hmm. so important yeah you gotta respect these things they're very powerful yeah, so if you're just doing it at like, just to do it, maybe at a party or something, you're not respecting the molecule. Some even, even say you're not respecting the spirit of the plant. Mm. Um, maybe, maybe that's a thing. But it's, it's true.
1: interesting because I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm like contemplating this at the moment actually in my life, because mm-hmm. um, many people they go the road of they tried recreationally and then they got into the practice of, of taking it series and doing it alone with a setting of ceremony. Mm-hmm. And I got into it through just self-exploration, doing it by myself in a setting of ceremony, going deep into my own mind. And now just like last year has been the first time I've been using LSD uh, recreationally at a festival. It was my first festival, Ozora mm-hmm. 2022. And uh now, like after a couple of years of self-exploration, just doing it alone, I took the step to use it recreationally. And there, yeah, it's interesting because I had a good experience. Yeah. Um, And I do not think that recreation, I mean, even the word recreation is something that is also maybe part and related to our life first of all and because it's part of our life it's part of our spiritual practice so it's just like dancing and having fun for a few days and maybe intensifying that experience with a psychedelic is um is also a responsible use of those substances which can benefit your life in a in a good way yeah but then it's
0: like ceremonial in itself yeah
1: it's like ceremony with the intention of fun
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's what it's all about man i think we said this in the beginning it's all about if you're not enjoying it then Mm -hmm. it's not worth it yeah yeah so i guess it's just like lay the setting setting that lay the set and setting that you know would lead to the most enjoyment but it's enjoyment more than just like base level pleasure Mm -hmm. it's like yeah what would allow one to experience bliss and you knew the lsd experience before you went into it so that's a lot different too yeah you knew what you're getting yourself into to a certain extent so you kind of knew if you were going to be able to handle it at a festival
1: exactly many people do not and they that's the wrong setting like from my perspective it's a it's a horrible setting to get into those kinds of experiences because mm-hmm. uh, even i was sometimes like whoa there's a lot going on <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's very intense if i would have not been comfortable in this state of consciousness before i wouldn't have been feeling comfortable
0: <laughs> yeah 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 man it's all about our intention the set and setting um it's about how we approach these, these miracles, these molecules of, I was going to say these molecules of miracle, but really it's the miracles, the miracles of molecules that we have. <laughs> it's um quite interesting. Your friend had over 200 different experiences.
1: Yeah, different compounds. He must <laughs>
0: be a chemist then, huh?
1: No, he was just a psychonaut, I guess but yeah some some of those chemists like alexander chemists. <laughs> yeah he, he's, he's deep the that st- stuff
0: yeah. yeah yeah it's quite peculiar man we have these like certain molecular structures that fit into our receptors in the right way that do act as certain keys and they allow us to unlock different ways of thinking just like a, a different way of receiving energy It's just quite peculiar man how the human being has figured that out to a certain extent like yeah there are organic organic molecules but then we have chemists that have Mm. figured out the actual inner workings of these psychedelics and figured out it really just comes down to certain molecules that line up correctly with our receptors and if you do find the correct combination it leads to one being able to have neural pathways drawn that weren't able to be drawn previously it's like uh it's almost like a computer being able to program itself or like super program itself in a way you know a chemist is almost like a uh a human programmer in a way when it comes to like mm-hmm. psychedelics it's quite interesting
1: and also what's funny is um. I've been working on a psychedelic course and I, I'm like trying to study a lot as much as I can about everything. So when I was studying like psychedelics and neurochemistry, I was like, okay, I got to know how it works. <laughs> what I found is like, nobody knows how, how it actually works. We have some like, okay, it bounds to the, the serotonin two H HTA receptor. And then, yeah. but it, it just uh, starts a chain of activity in your brain. And like, it's so complex that oh, yeah. nobody knows what's going on. Mm. Actually, what's what's what, like what's, uh, actually invoking this different state of consciousness and how it actually works? Mm. Many people, like, we don't know.
0: <laughs> mm. I think that makes it hold even more credence to the magnificence of it. You know, the truly that we don't know the mechanism for some reason to me that, leads me to more reverence to the to the mystery of psychedelics you know mm-hmm. but i guess we know that it somehow comes down to the molecules like we i guess i don't know i'm not a chemist but it seems like certain chemists can find out what the key is even though we don't know the mechanism of the lock per se at least we mm-hmm. know what the keys can be and that's interesting to me mm-hmm.
1: yeah it is but also then yeah, it is kind of all related to our brain. Also, just like the non-psychedelic um, higher states of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. The breath work, the yoga, the the deep meditations, or, or like all this kind of stuff. Light therapy. I tried light therapy for the first time. It's all these visions and lights and colors and what is going on? It's like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And mm. for myself just like I I don't I'm not really passionate about the understanding of the brain. It's interesting, but it's for me it's more about the experience. Yeah. And and not like the neurochemistry behind it. Even yeah. though it's interesting.
0: Yeah, you think there's more to the the, the whole thing than just brain architecture.
1: I don't know. <laughs> D- does does the brain produce consciousness or is consciousness something that is kind of received maybe by our mechanism
0: that's a big one man. has to talk that's a big talk.
1: one I mean, yeah right because because i experience maybe even inanimate objects as conscious right mm. there's a certain consciousness in this glass of water yeah. even though it doesn't have a brain
0: That's a tough one, man. Yeah, then it's like if you do elect that it's the brain. Whoa, what part of the brain? Where does it begin? (laughs) Is it in the frontal lobe? Is it in the back here? Is it in the pineal gland? Where exactly does this consciousness sit? And you can't, there's no answer to that. It's like, yeah, it's (laughs) like there is no part it's the whole package man like we this is consciousness it's like the body and it extends outside of the body as well everything is part everything is the body (laughs) (laughs) this this glass of water is part of the body and i think that's what one can truly experience from psychedelic from psychedelics or not psychedelics in this practice and in this path we can truly find that in one way we can have The glimpse into our being extending outside of the body outside Mm -hmm. of the brain and yeah the brain may be a very important um part of it but it's not everything per se it's like it's almost like a gateway that energy passes through if that makes sense but the energy is still there like there's still Mm -hmm. the energy i see so even when the brain isn't here anymore there's always going to be me in a way that is in the form of this kind of energy And that's how i see it at least it's like the brain is more so like a receiver it's like a it's a receptor of energy or maybe Mm -hmm. like a something that the energy passes through like a like i said a gateway almost like a filter and the path is us just refining that filter in a way and being able to being able to uh i guess recycle the energy in a more efficient manner Hmm, I don't know. But either way, what I'm trying to say, <laughs> either way, what I'm trying to say is our being, there is no local point of like, this is who I am, or this is where I am. Uh, one can experience on the path is that the I am is everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's everything. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. even a thing, actually. It, it goes beyond a thing. Uh, the What we are is actually what we're not, if that makes sense. We're, we're our true being is is beyond concept, form, body, and brain. And that is like, hallelujah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that means we're immortal. In, it's the most younger. freeing
1: thing ever, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's both. It is this body and this brain and this physical existence. As uh Neem Gauri Baba, the, the guru from Ramdas said, the, the best form to worship God in is every form. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. But it's man. also both. It's it's also beyond.
0: It's always both. It's a paradox, man. The truth is a paradox. Mm-hmm. What we are is a paradox. <laughs> there's never a moment where you can be like, I got it. I got the answer. This is who I am. No, it's like there's no concrete answer of what we are. The truth is not concrete. The truth is fluid. The truth is, in a way, it's energy if you really even want to even energy saying it's energy is a concrete concept, but it's, it kind of is touching upon it more so like the energy of love, I guess you could say is more so of what we are. And I like that quote. That's how you worship God, man, is worship. uh, What, what, wait, what's the quote again? Can you say it again?
1: Um, The best form to worship God in is every form.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man.
1: It's, it's, it's horribly difficult. To see it in in murder, in the dark, nasty, narcissistic sides of humanity, Um, and all those from us, from our humanity, perceived catastrophes and crises. It's difficult to see and worship God in those forms. Um, But that's also God. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Oh man, that is yeah, that's tough. But as Neem Karoli Baba would also say <laughs> to Ramdas, this is a famous quote to Ramdas. He says, Ramdas, don't you see it's all perfect? <laughs> <laughs> and it's that's just another way of saying it. It's mm-hmm. all perfect somehow, some way. And yeah, man, we can say this now in our comfortable homes, but it's really it is tough to reconcile that murder, rape, pillage, insert horrible atrocity here is God but it is somehow in one way or the other. Um, And I don't really know how I would describe that to somebody, but it is, Mm -hmm. it is God. It's just God playing with itself in a way. It's just, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, man.
1: And that is not to say, at least from my current state of perception, that is not to say that we could just work on embracing everything and accepting everything. Mm. But for for myself, and I don't, like it kind of contradicts this this paradox again, kind of keeping this perspective of everything is perfect and worshiping God in every form, but also this underlying movement towards goodness, a human perceived goodness that I feel is true in my being, Mm -hmm. of murder is not right, of um, like these kind of these laws of, we should still work towards a better future and yeah. take care of our mother earth and be kind to each other um it's like this yeah this pers- this feeling of working towards goodness Godness. and elim- yeah <laughs> and eliminating kind of this evil even though evil is good and evil is <laughs> part of god yeah. uh still like having not neglecting your responsibility to actually leave this world a little bit brighter
0: yeah man i agree i would say it's not that it justifies those actions those horrible atrocities it's like knowing that everything is god it doesn't justify it it doesn't make it good per se it doesn't make it like a positive thing it's just us being able to witness it see it as it is it it's just Uh, somehow easier to bear in a way to know that that's somehow some way in god's mystery that's god playing itself out like if i see something happen across the world some kind of atrocity somehow in my mind i'm like oh that's that's perfect and it doesn't justify me in my life going out and committing atrocities But it does like give it some kind of place if that makes sense like it gives Mm -hmm. it like there's some kind of order that i can Mm -hmm. be like okay yeah i i guess you know this i don't know it's not it's not a justification but i guess it's some kind of reconciliation of the chaos and the calamity that we have um in in our in our tumultuous world Uh, yeah but ultimately i do feel as though this wavelength of it's experiencing god is yes is also embodying god-like qualities and becoming uh, essentially love and embodying love if anything it's like knowing that that's possible shows me what not to do in order for me to know what to do it's like we need to know the darkness of the world and what is possible in order to bring about the light you know and that's how i see it as grace that's how i see the perfection in that it's that we need to have Mm -hmm. the contrast in a way to to have our lessons to reap our karma one may say in order to bring about a better world in a brighter world so it's like how would you i guess in a way it's like how would you how would you know what to do if you didn't have examples of what not to do (laughs) you know does Mm -hmm. that make sense
1: makes sense because we live in this duality Kind, yeah. of in kind of, the this space of duality, with this underlying non-duality and this underlying perfection. And also an interesting question I've been contemplating. I've been shooting a video about it yesterday. Um, does enlightenment make you a better person? Do psychedelics make you a better person? I do not think enlightenment or psychedelics make you a better person, no. or a more kind and loving person. Uh, it's It's kind of something different. Psychedelics helped me on my path. To uh, they humbled me so much that I became more empathetic and compassionate and loving towards others, and a more have a more awareness of the environment. But that's not necessarily the case for everybody. As well as enlightenment is um, bringing people to a more loving and kind and compassionate place of being but also we hear these stories about gurus uh, and shamans uh, sexually abusing some people and and doing doing from my perspective not really good and kind and uh loving stuff right Mm -hmm.
0: yeah man very true i would say um they can and there's a definite correlation Mm -hmm. but there's not a definite causation so there's definitely some things if this if there was some kind of scientific data that we could get of enlightenment and and people's morals from it, I would say there is some kind of correlation where you know it for the most part it makes people better people, but not it's not a guarantee <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's not a hundred percent, but I think there is some if you somebody goes about it in the the right way in a responsible manner like we talked about and they integrate it in their life in the right way. I think it's almost inevitable that they become better in some facets of their life. But yes, it can become dangerous as well. And they could have some kind of messiah complex and and mm-hmm. abuse their power and abuse people that uh that are under them and it can get nasty and it can get ugly for sure. So I would just say that there's there's a definite correlation, but no causation from, you know this so-called enlightenment.
1: I would say that also circles back around to the point that we talked about of um, this, does it, does it end the the path of enlightenment? Because (laughs) then many people think it's like, Oh, I've had this awakening experience. Now I am enlightened and now I understand. And they still continue to do bad in the world. Mm. And, uh, and they, they just continue to be in that state of thinking. They are, conscious and aligned and um embodying this infinite love but they're not <laughs> yeah. there's there's more there's it goes deeper you can continue your your path. More.
0: there's always more it's
1: <laughs> <There's> always more <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: that's the paradox there's always more so it's like why would i always strive for something that i'm never going to, to attain you know but it's not like that i don't know <laughs> I guess it's the cliches. The journey is the destination, you know? It is. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> yeah, man. This is good. Because it's like you always get, you can get the experience of knowing God. But that I could see as just the beginning. That could just be the first step in the journey of God, in the game of God, is knowing that you're in the game or you are the game of God. You're player one. And that's when the fun starts, I feel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it doesn't end. If anything, like I said, it's just the beginning.
1: Mm. Yeah. And, and I feel like it gets more difficult as well for myself. Uh, it's yeah. it's funny. It's mm. <laughs> like, oh, and you leveled up. It's like here, there's a bigger challenge. <laughs> yep.
0: We're on to the next level. We're on hard That's mode. good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> And then you think you're, you're done. It's like, ooh, that was a tough one. And then it's like, here's a even bigger one. <laughs> How about that one?
0: <laughs> that's why we came here, man. You know, that's why I think we incarnated here. We didn't incarnate here to have a, an easy life, per se. We mm-hmm. came to Earth to, I don't know, to go through it, man. To, to experience all that we can experience in this tumultuous world. I don't know. That's what it seems like. Um, I I had this epiphany yesterday or the day before, like, life isn't meant to be easy, man. It's not meant to be easy. And that doesn't mean we don't take steps to simplify our life and make it a little bit of an easier road. But, yeah, there's always going to be something else. Like, life is suffering. As they say in Buddhism, we all know the first Mm -hmm. tenet. Life is suffering. We're not meant to, in this humanly form that we feel as though we're in, It's not meant to be all roses and butterflies and rainbows, you know. We're both young right now, so it's definitely easy for us to talk about it. But I can foresee the future, (laughs) you know, as the Buddha saw. We're only going to get old, we're only going to get sick, and we're only going to die down the road. So it's not meant to be easy physically, per se. But -hmm. I think that's where the path comes in. It's that we recognize the suffering we almost go into the suffering Mm -hmm. and from that a new mindset comes about a new perspective one may say to see and approach the suffering in a different way especially the suffering that isn't of our own accord it's you know the path i see it as it's like it's like being able to manage the humanly condition in all of its woes all of its ups and downs through a mindset shift you know like mm-hmm. we know we both can recognize that we're going to go through shit. i might go through something today who knows but it's like it's, it's a little bit different now that i have a different perspective on what it means to be what it means to be you know mm-hmm. um it's hard to explain but i think the path is really about just being able to weigh weigh the suffering a little bit differently
1: i agree it's like it's a, it's a matter of perception you can yeah. choose to perceive, like, that's my main practice, right? That's my main spiritual practice is I choose to enjoy every experience. If it's the highs or the lows, the yeah. highs are going to come and the lows are going to come. It's just this, the challenges are going to come and the joys are going to come. And to enjoy all of that is kind of my main practice. And it's yeah. funny, you know, because I just remembered um, right now, as you said, that that I had this um, inclination this thought when I was younger, when I was kind of a teenager of like, Oh man, life is too easy. Cause I've been really blessed in my life. Mm-hmm. I've grown up smoothly, have kind parents and all this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, everything has been so easy. And so it went so smoothly, of course there's been ups and downs and whatever, but it's a, when I was young, I was kind of, I don't know why, but I was wishing for challenging stuff to happen it's like, oh, I wish I would have had some like traumatic event happen right now so I could yeah. go deal with it. So it's a little bit more <laughs> difficult. Uh-huh. And now, I mean, now it's it's just coming at me. <laughs> so, it's, uh, but, so that's nice. And also, I think that's the value of uh, the practice of like leaving your comfort zone. Go into the discomfort deliberately. Yeah. My main practice is the psychedelic experience. When I go into some of those high dose sessions, it's horrible. Some ayahuasca retreats, I'm shitting and vomiting for 14 days straight, uh, kind of half pushed out of my body. It's horrible stuff. It's not comfortable at all. Or combo, this other frog venom that makes you just perch uh, all the time. (laughs) 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 Uh, Like it's, uh, and then, or, or high dose mushroom journey where you work through a lot of emotional, difficult stuff. And, and that's like a, leaving the comfort zone, deliberately going into this discomfort, having the courage to experience that. And then you go through that experience, you come out alive, and um, you you see it's like, oh, wow. Now, if I, I don't know, if I Face some other challenges in my life. It's that's peanuts yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, in comparison to what I have been gone through. I know I'm capable of going through so much suffering and so much uh, discomfort that now this is, it kind of that's integration. Now I can embrace the challenges with a little bit of a more relaxation and ease, mm-hmm. and and have that bigger picture perspective. Yeah. And even just like you don't have to do psychedelics. It's just this discomfort, being in nature for a day, fasting 24 hours, mm-hmm. taking ice bath, cold shower, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff, running a marathon, it's, it's just get out of your comfort zone, push yourself. And then it's deliberate suffering. It's not gonna be easy, yeah. but that makes, God, that's a paradox again, that makes everything else
0: easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. The biggest lesson that I get from deliberate suffering is that it's all temporary no matter how uncomfortable we may feel in the moment of our deliberate suffering no matter how intense it may be somehow some way like you said we got through it and we're alive we're here we're we're, we're good you know we're safe in a way that's there's something very special about that it's yeah i mean you may have certain hormones that get elicited in your brain to make you feel good like epinephrine or you know i don't I don't even want to get in. I don't know the science, but there may be like some after effects from doing cold plungers or running that actually may make you feel good. Yes. But the the grand lesson that I get from it, it's that no matter what, it's all going to come to pass. No matter how bad or dark or bleak my life may get of um, that isn't of my own accord, no matter what, I'm going to get through it. We're all going to get through it. Whatever mm-hmm. this is to anybody listening and you Virgo, whatever you're going through, whatever you're <laughs> going to go through, we're all going to go through. We're all going to get through it, man. It's all temporary. All so temporary. then
1: mm-hmm. that's the point I'm at. It's like, what's What makes us think that we're not going to get through death?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the big one, man. Yeah, <laughs> That's the biggest one. It's the biggest one for me. Yeah, man. I- <laughs> I always thought I was going to be fine with dying, so, and then I had a very deep ayahuasca experience mm. uh, in Peru, and it was like you're going to be fine with dying. Well, with all of your kind of spiritual understanding and stuff, <laughs> mm. here's here's an experience of death, and I was like, wow. okay, I, no, I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, I generally want to be here and continue to be here, mm. but yeah, what what makes us afraid of? not getting through that it's it's fear it's it's just fear yeah. it's not trusting everything in the love yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's
0: not trusting the love i like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah you ever read a course in miracles
1: no it's been on my book list for for years <laughs> yeah
0: it kind of it kind of denotes that information it's like we don't trust the love enough like in in a world in a perfect world if we trusted the love enough death wouldn't even it wouldn't even strike any kind of cord of fear but it's the fact that we have this slight guilt of us um coming out of love that leads to that fear like we don't have if i truly right now trusted and believed in the god that is love then there would be no ounce of fear, whatsoever, because love somehow transcends the bodily death. There's—I mm-hmm. don't know—I can't say it in any other way. But the true love, the the God of love, beyond the concept of love, of relationships, and you know, the uh, the very shallow love that we have in our world, the the God of love, man that somehow in some way transcends our death and the reason that we fear death is because i don't have full faith in that love and i guess Mm -hmm. it's uh it's good to have enough humility to admit that but really that's where all of our fears come from is because we don't have um our full faith in love but of course Mm -hmm. the miracles could describe that way better than i just did to be honest with you but that's kind of the whole idea that's the whole thing Mm -hmm. is that like the more and more that we embody love and we come to know this love and we come to become this love then our fears just they vanish including mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. that's powerful man who doesn't like who doesn't want that come on man <laughs> that's pretty powerful stuff yeah but it's true we don't we don't i can say it now but if you know if someone had a gun to my head I'd be like please please don't please don't <laughs> but i can say it now because i'm safe if we did If we did, if I was truly in love with life and in love with everybody and just in love, like think of the idea, in love. Mm -hmm. I am in love. (laughs) Like I am in this Mm -hmm. almost different dimension. If I was in the dimension of love at all times, nothing can harm me. Mm -hmm. It's like a sense of invulnerability, a sense of immortality. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what we're working toward, man. I think that's what the path is all about. Slowly mm-hmm. and slowly, maybe over lifetimes, maybe over different incarnations, who knows? But it feels like there's something in my being that just is like pulling me toward this dimension of love. It's almost like a different that. it almost seems like a different locality. Like I'm getting pulled like out of out of my idea, my egotistical mindsets, into this other, this other realm of just loving presence. Um, and that sounds very mm-hmm. grandiose, but it really is just it's really just me becoming more of a loving being um but there's something in me like my intuitive uh my intuitive mind i guess you could say is just saying like yeah that's that's it that's it keep going on that that's Mm -hmm. it on that note of love whatever that is keep going toward that every day every moment that Mm -hmm. goes by that's it man so yeah summon this whole thing up and i think that's what it's all about psychedelics or no psychedelics i think we're slowly Mm -hmm. becoming love maybe over lifetimes who knows maybe in this lifetime but we're slowly becoming love so that we can uh live forever (laughs) 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 I i think man and until we get that glimpse until we get that glimpse and we morph into the 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 realm of light and love we do reincarnate into the body as like a sort of lesson so it's like all right you didn't get it in that one you gotta come back try to embody it in this one we'll give you this amount of karma come on you are getting the message of love nope okay you want to come back you still have desires of the ego you're gonna you're gonna come back into this body we'll put you into this one until you embody love it's almost like a it's almost like it's like an escape plan you know like love Mm -hmm. uh, love allows us to escape the reincarnation cycle of samsara some may say and until we become that loving being we're just going to keep coming back um yeah like I said, not necessarily
1: makes... who human. We can also maybe reincarnate as a DMT entity or <laughs> yeah. on other planes of dimensions. It's yeah, it's all could... infinite.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? All I know, like I think I said this in the beginning. All I know is that <laughs> love is the truth. Whether you want to say we reincarnate or don't, and we might be reincarnated as different beings or the stories go on the stories go on forever man but i uh, all i really know is to really simplify it and just just be love and be selfless as much as we can here it's uh it's it's not easy but it's simple it is quite simple i feel to hold that in our hearts and our souls and it'll lead the way you know there's a certain sense of uh, intuitive guidance that i feel like comes from it you know what i mean it's almost like mm-hmm you let your hands off the steering wheel a little bit and you kind of go on uh tesla autopilot in a way it's like you're still in the driver's seat but there's a sort of sense of uh there's a sort of guidance that uh that is like your your guru your your guide in a way some may say are we have like uh what are those called like spirit guides right we might have like other guardian angels in a way it seems like that's a thing once one gets on the path for me personally speaking there is this otherworldly guidance that one can tap into that aligns us in the humanly form that ultimately aligns us to this vibration of love. So you just kind of have to let go of the, the humanly wants and needs a little bit, and it'll lead the way. It's a sort of surrender, you know?
1: I agree. Beautifully said.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. I think I went off on a little rant there, but hopefully it made sense.
1: Well, that was good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, man oh <sighs> yeah um love is the truth i think we said it enough in this one <laughs> <laughs> do you have uh anything you want to say i think you can probably start to wrap this thing up we cover a lot yeah of
1: maybe to add on to this one it's also for myself it was in intuition <laughs> when i first heard the word from neem Kori baba unconditional love it was just like that's it. <laughs> and, and since <laughs> that day, I've serious. been, yeah, that's, that's the thing I've been working towards.
0: Yeah, realizing and embodying. It's quite obvious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right.
0: We get a certain point it's like oh, of course. And we're running away. That's the thing It's like, we're running away from love, from our, um, our e- egotistical desires. We're running away from it. We're doing this to ourselves. That's the ironic thing. Like all of this destruction and this crazy, this, I know this sounds crazy, but all of the craziness of the world, all of the destruction, the darkness really it's we're just doing it to ourselves, man. Over maybe over generation and incarnation and incarnation, but really all of the darkness and craziness of the world, I see it as just us running away from love. Um I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Like I said, we're both in very comfortable positions right now, so it may be easy for me to say You know, Mm -hmm. I might be a little bit privileged or some people may see me as privileged as saying that, but I feel as though some kind of sense in me is saying that we as a a collective have done this to ourselves because we just can't recognize how loved we are. I don't Hmm. know, man. That's why we got psychedelics. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything else to say. Want to wrap it up?
1: Yeah, let's wrap it up. I'd say to everybody, just enjoy the process. That's my main message. Yeah. Just keep keep enjoying it. (laughs) Keep keeping that awareness, practicing the enjoyment, Mm -hmm. appreciation of the beauty, really, really trying to see the beauty. Yeah. And everything.
0: Yeah. Yep. Gratitude. Gratitude for it all. Mm -hmm. Amen to that, brother. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on here. Um, Thank you for your time, effort, and wisdom. And I thank anybody that listened this long. Um, Yeah, much love, man.
1: Thanks for inviting me. It was a pleasure.
0: Of course. Peace and love. Peace and love, everybody.